is to experience the very basis of our existence, which is also called the truth. What we call Master or Ishvara is present in all forms and in all names. And then there is a Master of Wisdom every time coming into the midst of the human societies only to show us the way towards this Ishvara. India is blessed with so many masters of wisdom. They have such a galaxy of masters presented here. Besides the masters of Priya Yoga, Babaji, Lahari Mahasaya, Yukteswar Giri and Paramahamsa Yogananda. Likewise we have Ramakrishna Paramahamsa, Ramana Maharshi. So many are the masters that emerged in this land, holy land. And they frequently remind to us that we cannot just limit our experience only to the material. Material and force is what to some extent we understand. It is with the help of the force we keep moving and we keep running after the material and the accumulation of such material. And somewhere on the way we the the time span is over and we experience that which is not considered to be a path of knowledge. The one who is knowledgeable always says that there is no death and hence there is no birth. We are the undying ones, but we do experience death and we do experience the limitation of matter and we are swept away by the forces within us and the forces around us. And what a master of wisdom intends us to do is to surmount the matter, to surmount the spirit and to stay as pure consciousness. So the one who experiences pure consciousness, he is able to handle the force, he is able to handle the matter consciously. He is able to consciously grow into the field of force and matter by remaining as pure consciousness. And this pure consciousness has its basis in existence. Our existence is considered to be a fourfold existence. That's why we have all deities. Even the symbol with two more hands, four hands. We are all given two hands, but there are two other hands which are hidden in us, but which we do not use. In the case of angels, besides these two hands, there are two other hands that they use as their wings. In us, the wings are very much caged as the two lungs within the skeleton 
relating to our body. These two lungs, one would really intended to be the two wings that would make us fly, that would make us experience the expanse of the universe. So we are only aware of two aspects of us. We are not aware of the other two aspects relating to us. In each one of us there are four aspects according to scriptures. The first aspect is our existence, which is called the truth or Brahman or Shiva. In various names are given to it. That we are all existing and we cannot deny that we that we are existing. We cannot deny that. All of us know that we are existing. So only tell us that we are existing. This existence as a base is there is emergence of awareness. Emergence of awareness. Every morning we awaken from seeming nothingness, apparent something. In this sleep, though we do exist, we do not know that we exist. In sleep, we do exist. That's why we tend to sleep, because we are sure that we would again wake up, otherwise we would not even sleep. We sleep because we know that we come back to awareness next day morning. Sometimes, once in a way, it may not happen also. There are people who are lost in sleep itself. But what we experience in sleep is nothingness, isn't it? There is no experience. Because we are unconscious. We are unconscious in sleep. As the consciousness comes, so we awake from the sleep. So the awakening is the second step. And that awakening forms the basis for the next stage of our activity, namely, as you awaken, you get a thought to do something, an intent, an intent to do something, a will to do something. And then you gain the related knowledge of doing it and keep doing it. That's how, from the awareness, you get into thought, and with thought as basis, you jump into action. <laughs> we keep acting, and we keep getting thoughts. These two aspects we know. <coughs> we all know that we keep getting thoughts as we awaken. And according to the thoughts, the quality of thoughts that we receive, we build the quality of life relating to us, this one of us. He is building life according to the quality of thought that he is doing. There are people who get very sublime and divine thoughts and they build their life into a divine life. There are others who keep on receiving mundane thoughts and they build a mundane life. And there are others who receive thoughts which are very diabolic, meaning which causes a lot of disturbance to the surroundings and also cause heart feeling and cause destruction, they tend to be diabolic. These are the three, broadly speaking, three varieties of thoughts. Divine thoughts, that is, Sura, 
আর দেবা দৈবিক কাঠ আর সোলার কাঠ আর হাসুরার কাঠ আর মানবার কাঠ ডিভাইন হিউম্যান অ্যান্ড ডায়বলিক দিস আর দি থ্রি ব্রড ক্যাটাগরিস অফ কাজ দ্যাট উই রিসিভ বাট বিয়ন্ড দিস কাজ দেয়ার ইজ পিওর কনসেপ্ট beyond pure consciousness there is existence so existence as basis is there is an emergence of consciousness and in consciousness as basis we receive thoughts which we take to and keep conducting this is how we are fourfold yeah fourfold in our activity we we are existing and we have the awareness our consciousness with these two as basis we keep functioning with thoughts thought thought state is the third state fourth state is action state either you speak or you act this is how there is a fourfold existence with us this whole in this fourfold existence we mostly know from the base and the point of thought and then translating it into action these two only we know That's how we only have two hands, while the knowers have four hands. They know how it is to be pure conscious. Beyond the thought, how the consciousness is pure consciousness, meaning it has not yet taken to an intent or will or knowledge or activity. It did not take to an itcha. There is no itcha, there is no related jnana and there is no priya. what happening what is happening with all of us is as we wake up in the morning we do not stay in that state of pure consciousness we slip into something to do will to do and then the knowledge to do and then we act as we wake up we feel like getting up from the bed so that is the intent then you know how to get up you use the knowledge and get up by their connection so this will knowledge and action it happens then you go to clean up your danta dhavana further again there is a will the related knowledge and then there is activity that's over then again there is a will where you think of a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a cup of milk or if you are following some health procedures you may think of lemon and honey whatever it is so every time there is something will and then that will gains its knowledge and translates that will into action this triangular activity keeps happening to the evening we are propelled by this triangle we are propelled by the triangle all the time all beings all the beings which are called <coughs> animating beings the ones which life they keep on indulging in this triangular activity and this triangular activity is endless until you slip back into sleep until you slip back into sleep you are involved in a triangular activity and it is not that you are creating these triangles but it is these triangles that is they are propelling you into action 
Experiencing this pure consciousness is what is called experiencing the light or experiencing the light of God. <clears throat> that is what is intended to be given as a, a, a blissful experience by masters of wisdom. In every <coughs> school of thought, as it comes from any master of wisdom, he would like that the human beings transcend this triple activity of thought, knowledge and action into pure consciousness. If you get into pure consciousness, it is very blissful, it is very peaceful and you are, you are awakened and you are not into any thought or action. So this fourfold aspect in us shall have to be regularly seen. What normally we do in, all, in, in terms of spiritual activity or the, the activity of any, even coming from every master of wisdom is, we try to make the quality of our thought better and better and better. Isn't it? Normally, we tend to make the quality of our thought better so that the quality of our speech is better and the quality of our action is better, and we keep on improving the quality of the thought. But it's not enough if you keep on improving the quality of your thought, because it is still a thought. It is still a thought that binds you and makes you keep on doing things until the last breath. Just you don't have to be... In a, 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 like a machine that keep on working, 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 working until it is depreciated. There is a way for you to stay as pure consciousness. This pure consciousness shall have to be experienced and just being with this thought at all times is not, is not considered as a state of liberation or a state of freedom or as a state of bliss. What is the difference between a very mundane thought and a very pure thought? A pure thought builds a pure cage. It's also a cage. A mundane thought builds a mundane cage for the bird. The bird, whether it is put in an iron cage or it is put in a diamond, in a, in a golden cage, or in a cage made up of diamond quality, still it is in cage. As long as the bird is in the cage, you cannot say that the bird is happy. <coughs> as long as man is conditioned by his thought, he cannot say he is happy. He can see, you can yourself imagine as a bird which is capable of flying with your awareness in the sky and experiencing many things. From that, you compare with the bird which is in the cage. The bird in the cage, however beautiful the cage is, still it is cage. 
his case. He doesn't experience the beauty of an expansive consciousness and experience a far bigger life or expansive life or beautiful life, much more divine life, much more encompassing life, much more comprehensive and comprehending life. This is impossible for human as long as he makes an attempt to come out of this cage of the thought. Therefore, just working with some good thoughts, uh, uh, discoursing about Ramayana and the qualities of Rama, discoursing about Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavad Krishna as said in it, discoursing about Bhagavata and the very many acts that Lord Vishnu has done in this creation from time to time to set this creation in the heart of and discoursing on Shiva Purana or Upanishad. All these discoursing, 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 the number of discourses there are Upanishads. There is Bhagavad Gita, there is Bhagavata, there is Mahabharata, there is Ramayana, there are other seventeen Puranas, there are Yoga Sutras, there are Brahma Sutras. So many things are there for the mind to engage with. It's all engaging with the mind and the thought. So working with the thought is a mix, makes you tiresome. Working with the thought makes you tiresome. You have to go beyond the, the thought into the very basis from which the thought emerges. The very basis from which the thought emerges and pulls you into action. As you wake up in the morning, we are all pulled into action. Right is of action. One action or another action or another action or another action or a different action. It's like a person who retires from his employment to to come out of this rut of activity and by habit he gets into another activity. Isn't it? And also So as long as you are drawn into activity, not by your will, but by nature. There are people who are very early into activity, isn't it? However much you act, one day within this case you die, isn't it? However much you act, one day in this case you die. But the masters of wisdom, coming from this holy land, tell us, there is a way to get out of this cave. <clears throat> there is a way to get out of this cave and experience the state of no death. That is what is called transcending death. That is mostly given by the sages of India. The sages of India always say, before you die, you land the, the knowledge that you don't die. So that when the death approaches you, the bird doesn't die even if the cage is poised. Isn't it? If it knows how to move out of the cage, even if the cage is in danger, the bird can continue to find some other place to live. So we are the residents of this body. We are, we are not this body. This body is but a cage in which we are to, to do certain things. 
it has certain facilities but we are the caged ones we are we have entered into them since we have entered into them we are called purusha purusha means this is the pura the body is the pura and into this pura we have made an entry just like the bird entered into a cage when you enter into the cage you should also know how to exit from the cage if we know how to enter into this hall and we do not know how to exit from this hall we suffocate here and die isn't it so as you enter we always look for the exit door even in the cinema halls when we go when everything is dark when the movie is on there are on sites you find that with fluorescent lamps exit 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 whenever we enter a house we try to see if there is <coughs> what is the exit if you if you enter into something which of which from which you do not know how to exit do you enter into it when we enter into a cave we make sure that we remember the exit door so that when we go deep into the cave we do not lose the way isn't it but when we have entered into this body we have built this body actually entering into the womb of the mother the nature weaves the body around us and we are we are positioned in the body but then we start believing that we are the body we start believing that we are the body and we keep on maintaining it and spend a lot on cosmetics spend a lot on nursing it you can you can love your body you can care your body you can nourish your body but still it is not what you are you can keep your body extremely clean you can keep it healthy you can care for it but still you are not your body that's why when we say my hand my leg my eye my ear my tongue my it is mine but not me we say it is mine but not me so what is mine is not me it is associated with me and i am existing even before it existed it's one of us existed first and later built around it all this all this is built around us so what is built around us we cannot just get cannot be subservient 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 to it in the sense we keep on serving the body all the time we serve the requirements of the body we also serve the requirements of those who are associated with us with the with the body meaning the life partner and children and we keep on building lots of material world and we get more and more stuck in it the master of wisdom comes to us to tell us what you have built is not what you are <clears throat> what you have built one day you have to leave it what you have built one day you have to leave it. you you may build very beautifully but still you have to leave it even the best of the structures made on earth those who built it and lived in it they had to leave it 
So you should know that you, what you build is for you to experience it, but it need not be an integral part of you, inseparable part of you. It has to be differentiated from you. This is the fundamental knowledge that each one of us, we have to consciously hold it in us. Normally we don't do it. When we listen to some lectures, some talk, or when we read Bhagavad Gita in the very second chapter, the last says, we enter into this body, we leave this body, just like we put on the clothes and we remove the clothes. Like that when we listen, for a moment we, we, it is there. But thereafter, our identity, thereafter our identity is only with the body. So we don't think that we are pure conscious. The purpose of a, a, a master and Entering into your life is to tell you that you are a unit of pure consciousness. This pure consciousness, what you are, is, is different from your name and your form. As pure consciousness, once you, you, you have formed this body, earlier you have formed a different body, and in the future you may form another body, but as long as you identify yourself with the pure consciousness, you start building the power of consciousness in you. The power of consciousness. The being, he is a pulsating consciousness. The being which we are is a pulsating consciousness. It is within the body and because it is in the body, the body is able to move. So what a master of wisdom would like us to know is to transcend the the activity, to transcend the thought and then stay in that state of pure consciousness. That's where the technique, ancient most technique given by the CS is contemplation or meditation. Meditation is the means through which you can Move beyond your patterns of thought. You can move beyond the patterns of your thought. And when you regularly do this meditation, tapas, that is what is called jhana, you are capable of moving out of your own thought patterns. The asuras did tapas and they also had the experience of pure consciousness because they too had the presence of the Lord or the Mother, the asuras. The Suras also had done their tapas, they had the presence of the Mother or presence of the Lord. The humans have done tapas, they too had the experience of the Mother <coughs> or the Lord. Whichever they, in whichever way you visit the omnipresent and omnipotent and omniscient God presents itself to you. So this, all the three categories, the divine, the diabolic and the human, they did it in the past, they gained it. But once they get back into their life, what kind of patterns of thoughts that they hold again, this is their life. That's why Ravana, in spite of the blessings he received from Lord Shiva, tended to be again Asura only. 
బట్ ప్రహ్లాదోబా అంటూ అసుర డిడ్ నాట్ టెన్ టు బి అసుర బలి ది ఎంపరర్ డిడ్ నాట్ టెన్ టు బి అన్ అసుర ఆఫ్టర్ ఎక్స్పీరియన్సింగ్ ది ప్రెసెన్స్ ఆఫ్ విష్ణు సో అసుర నీడ్ నాట్ ది కంటిన్యూ టు బి అసుర సురా నీడ్ నాట్ కంటిన్యూ టు బి సురా ఆర్ హ్యూమన్ నీడ్ నాట్ కంటిన్యూ టు బి హ్యూమన్ ఇఫ్ ది పోస్ట్ ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ ఆఫ్ ప్యూర్ కాన్షియస్నెస్ ఇఫ్ ఇ డిసైడ్స్ టు లివ్ ఎస్ ప్యూర్ కాన్షియస్నెస్ దెన్ హీస్ మచ్ బెటర్ దెన్ ఆల్ దీస్ త్రీ కేటగిరీస్ దిస్ ఇస్ ఇంపార్టెంట్ దిరాకీ ఆఫ్ టీచర్స్ విచ్వీ కాల్ సప్తర్షీస్ ది సప్తర్షీస్ యువర్ గురు అండ్ హిస్ గురు అండ్ హిస్ గురు ఆల్ దీస్ థింగ్స్ గురు పరమ గురు పరమేశ్వరి గురు దే ఆర్ లింక్ టు సప్తర్షీస్ మీనింగ్ ది సెవెన్ సీయర్స్ ఆఫ్ సెవెన్ ప్లేయర్స్ ఆఫ్ ఎగ్జిస్టెన్స్ అండ్ దెన్ దే ఆర్ ఫర్దర్ కనెక్టెడ్ విత్ ఫోర్ కుమార హోమ్ వి కాల్ సనాతన సనక సనందన సన్స్ కుమార అండ్ బియాండ్ దెమ్ దెర్ ఈస్ ది ప్యూర్ ఎగ్జిస్టెన్స్ అండ్ ప్యూర్ కాన్షియస్నెస్ we tend to follow the path of guru which is neither the path of the divine nor the path of the diabolic nor the path of the human it is yet another path which is distinct and which is friendly to all the beauty of the path of guru is is a guru is equally friendly to an asura he is friendly to a sura he is friendly to human is friendly to everything in the universe it is not the case with sura or devas devas are not friendly with the diabolic they always have opposite oppositions when there is always daiva asura yuddhas that keep on happening so the devas have their opposition in diabolic or asuras asuras have their opposition in devas and in human there is diabolic and divine within themselves causing lot of conflict in them all the time the human life is life of conflict because there is there is duality in him there are certain things he does well certain things he does not do well and then there is the fight between ignorance and knowledge that keeps on happening in human so neither the devas nor the asuras nor the humans can experience that state of complete liberty which is called moksha liberation or freedom as the hierarchy of the teachers here the hierarchy of teachers they are completely free in the universe and yet conduct activities in tune with the divine plan voluntarily not by compulsion that's the beauty the devas conduct activities according to the patterns decided the diabolists conduct their activities according to the patterns decided the humans conduct activities according to the patterns decided decided by by whom by nature nature has its three qualities as sattva rajas and tamas three gunas with these trigunas she creates the beings with some with very diabolic attitude some with divine some with human which is a mixture of both so they are all bound by nature and we keep conducting all that life entire life according to the nature given plan 
you are not any more free. <laughs> when we are driven by nature, nature decides and then you, you keep on doing according to nature's demands. <coughs> the part of yoga which a master of wisdom gives puts you away from all these three categories of the being. That's the beauty. Why are we following the master? A master of wisdom, he gives you a fourth dimension. <laughs> the fourth dimension is that you are beyond the three and you are friendly with all the three. If you see the great seer Narada in the scripture, he goes to Indra with equal ease as he goes to Hiranyakashipu or Ravanasana. He can go, he can go to this palace, he can go to the other palace, he can go to hell, he can also go to heaven. He can meet Yama in the, in the hell, he can meet Indra in the heaven. He can meet a diabolic, he can meet a divine person, he can meet a human, he can meet another fear. He is friendly with the whole creation. The whole creation is also friendly with him. That's why Narada is said to be a grand master of wisdom in this sense. There is no loka that he is prevented to visit. He is not prevented to, be, to visit any any local. So also the subterfuges, the subterfuges are equally respected by the divine, by the diabolic and by the human. But as between these three, it's not like that. That's the beauty. So the Kumaras, the four Kumaras and the seven seers, they constitute the hierarchy of Guru, Guru hierarchy. From that hierarchy emerges your Guru's Guru and your, and your Guru. So there is Guru Bhyonamaha, Parama Guru Bhyonamaha, Parameshti Guru Bhyonamaha. This is how there is a link. At the mental plane there would be a Guru. At the pranic plane there is a Guru. At the physical plane there is a Guru. These three Gurus connect you to the subterfuges. That's why we say from ancient most times, Guru Bhyonamaha, Parama Guru Bhyonamaha, meaning from Guru's Guru, Parameshi Guru Bhyonamaha, Guru's Guru's Guru. Then in the fourth stage it is subterfuges. Subterfuges do exist in us from cerebral column, from cerebral system to entire spinal column up to Mulagara. So the work of the teacher is connective to is to connect you to all the seven planes of existence which are pervaded by the seven masters of wisdom or seven seers in seven planes. That's the beauty of the work of a master of wisdom. That the the the, the triple masters, meaning the Guru, Parama Guru and Parameshi Guru, they enable you to connect to the Saptarshis in you. When you are connected to Sattarshis in you from Muladhara to Sahasrara, in all the seven centers the Sattarshis permeate. And the center after center, center after center you move, you ascend in, in the column of consciousness which is in your Vetebra. 
and then you extend from plane to plane, plane to plane, plane to plane. And all the planes of existence, you, you, your consciousness permeates, expands from just being material conscious. You are mostly conscious of material, nothing more than that. We do not know how the pranic functioning is in us, and what is the mental plane in us, what is the buddhic plane in us, what is the plane of Mahat. There are planes, seven planes of existence, Bhu, Bhuvaha, Svaha, Mahaha, Janaha, Tapaha, Satyam. We keep up saying these seven planes every day, Om Bhu, Om Bhuvaha, Om Svaha, Om Mahaha, Om Janaha, Om Tapaha, Om Satyam, like that we think. One is this plane of the master, the ultimate master of the universe. The next plane is the plane of Tapas. The one that is after that is the plane of jana, meaning the being, then the plane of mahat, then the plane of mind, the plane of force and the plane of matter. This is how there are seven planes in, in us. We are only satisfied always gathering material, 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 and we are never satisfied with the material and we are buried in the material ultimately. That's how matter enables you to crawl horizontally expanding on the planet, one house today, another house. When you grow, you think in terms of material, you think of buying the next house, then you think of buying another house, or you buy some land nearby Barhampur, some more land. What is it that you are doing? All that you acquire makes you move in a horizontal manner. It's a horizontal movement. As long as you are, your mind is preoccupied in relating to the matter only. But the human being is not meant to be horizontal, to move horizontal to the earth, parallel to the earth. An animal moves parallel to the earth. Isn't it? It has only one program to eat, to mate and to sleep. And we the humans, our vertebra, unlike that of the animal, is vertical. Our vertebra is vertical, it's not a horizontal vertebra. Why a vertebral a vertical vertebra is given to us? That means we have the potential to grow vertical. <coughs> we have the potential to grow vertical. That's why from being a horizontal being, as we are born, we are horizontal, isn't it? In a matter of three years we tend to be vertical. And we are born. We are also like Jantu. Jantu means that which is born is Jantu. Jantu now, Nana Jarma Durlabham, that's how you keep hearing, meaning among those who are born, which are generally horizontal, this is a special case, meaning it is Durlabham means not always you get it, it's a great opportunity. It's a rare opportunity. It's a rare opportunity to be born as human because among the, upon the planet there is only one being which is vertical and moving. Moving. The tree also grows vertical but it cannot move. Isn't it? The animal moves but it is not vertical. See? The animal, it moves, it moves even faster than us. But it cannot be vertical. It cannot grow vertically, it can grow horizontal. 
ఇట్ కెన్ మూవ్ హారిజా అంటది ఎ ట్రీ మే గ్రో సో యూ టేక్ ది అడ్వాంటేజ్ ఆఫ్ ది విజ్డమ్ ఆఫ్ ది గురు 
and try to keep on solving your mundane problems. This that is solved. Each one has a guru only to find solutions for mundane life. But the purpose of the guru is not just for you to use him for mundane purposes. He is meant to give you the path to consciousness. To awaken the consciousness in you so that such con- that consciousness as you are, is connected to the universal consciousness and you can grow into the universe and know many things. See how the seers have known so many things because they have grown in this consciousness. You know, Vishwamitra, he grew into the light, that light. Beyond our sun, he grew into central sun. Beyond our central sun, he went to the, he went beyond, into the cosmic sun. And beyond the cosmic sun, he went and experienced the whole universe. And he came back with a mantra by which we all can grow beyond the three suns. The solar, the central sun, because the, the planetary sun, the solar sun and the cosmic sun. Meaning, Savita, Surya, Savita, Aditya, beyond that, there is still the light. So, the one human, only through tapas, has brought down a method by which we all can grow to such a great extent as to be permeating the whole universe. That is why he is called friend of the universe. Vishwamitra means Mitra is friendliness, Vishwa means universe. He is a universal friend. He helped the beings to grow to such great dimensions. Likewise, there is Vasistha, there is Agastya, there are so many seers who could witness so many things of the universe and give those details to us and also give us ways and means to relate to them and experience them. Today, all the knowledge that we have, from where it has come, no God has come and told us. It is seers only, mostly it is seers. <laughs> Except Bhagavad Gita, the rest of the things have all come to us through seers. And even Bhagavad Gita, it came to us through Vedam Yasa. Lord Krishna only has spoken 18 seed words. He did not give a, a huge discourse in the battlefield to Arjuna because there is no such time possible, isn't it? Eighteen chapters containing seven hundred slokas, do you discourse in a war field when there is the opposition waiting to fight with you? What Krishna told Arjuna in a nutshell is what Vedavyasa gave us in such an elaborate manner so that we can understand. But for Vedavyasa where is Bhagavad Gita? But for Vedavyasa, where is Bhagavata? But for Vedavyasa, where is Mahabharata? But for Vedavyasa, where, is, where are the Puranas? But for Vedavyasa, where are the Brahma Sutras? But for Patanjali, the sea, and where is the Yoga Sutras? So all these are all given Vasistha, give Vasistha Yoga, isn't it? Yoga Vasistha, we say. So many things they are all given by CS at all times. And how did the seers know all this? And they collaborated with each other and they affirmed the same experience as between them. What made them, what enabled them to gain that status? They too were humans. The seers are also like us humans, but what they did, what is the difference between them and between, and, and us is that they did tapas and we are recommended to do tapas. 
and the, the initial stage of tapas is what we call meditation or dhyana. Dhyana is a means to reach that stage where we can contemplate for long hours of time and know and know and know and know and bring a treasure of knowledge for the benefit of others and help others. We can bring in many sciences of healing. We can bring many sciences of teaching. There are so many things can be brought out with the help of the consciousness. Therefore, the purpose of a teacher is to make sure that we consistently and constantly remember. Yama, she is speaking on telephone. Allah phone us say, you can go out and talk and come back. There is no problem. As the other gentleman has done, he did a good job. He went out, he spoke and he came back without disturbing the rest of the people. Isn't it? So therefore, the, the idea is that we have to remember ourselves as pure units of consciousness and we are pulsating consciousness. Each one of us is a pulsating consciousness. We may have a name for this life, but it is not the same name last life, it would not be the same name next life. We may have a form this time, but it need not be the same form next time, and it was not the same form before. The name and form keeps changing. The activities we do, they keep changing. What is it that does not change is, we as consciousness and our pulsation. We are we are units of pulsating, pulsating consciousness. This pulsating consciousness is an eternal state relating to us. The rest of the things keep changing. Even in life, when you are a kid, you are in the elementary school. You are called a kid and you have an activity. Isn't it? Then you go to middle school, then you go to high school, the activity changes. Then you take to your employment or business or profession, your activity changes. Then you marry, then you have a, you become a householder, your activity changes. And then you grow. So the activity may change from being a kid to anything. And there may be thousands and thousands of varieties of activities that you may be doing. But is what is constant with you is your pulsating consciousness, as you should know. As a kid, you have been pulsating consciousness. And even while you are in thousands of varieties of activity, you continue to be a pulsating consciousness. As pulsating consciousness, there is no change to you, while the activity has lot of change and it is a changing activity. So you can't be part of a changing thing, you have to be part of that which is unchangeable. That's what they say, Nitya, Nitya, Vastu, Viveka. They say, what is Nitya, what is changing? If you associate with a changing thing, you, you do not tend to be stable. If you associate with that which is stable in you, whichever you are, whatever you are, if you associate with it, that is never changing, even after this body falls, it is still there. Because even after the, what is it that leaves the body? The pulsating consciousness leaves the body. 
Dehi is not Deha. Dehi. Dehi means the one who lives in the, the body. Deha means body. Dehi, Dehi. Deha Mugadu. You are not your body. Shariri, Shariri Mugadu. We are not our palm. This palm is born out of us and it has grown and it decays and it dies. But we are there even before the birth of this form and we continue to be there after the death of this form. What dies is the form but not me. How do you know this knowledge? Though we speak of it from thousands of years it is being spoken, isn't it? And we all reconcile to the fact Jatasya Maranandhavam. Jatasya Maranandhavam means that which is born is bound to die. That which is born means you are an unborn one. What is born is the body. What is born is the nature in you. You are the unborn one. Around the unborn one there is a, a nature built and a body built. So you are enslaved by your body and by your nature. Our nature is right that we keep on speaking the same way though we want to improve the quality of our speech. Isn't it? We want to improve the quality of our speech, but we cannot. Why? Because we are enslaved by our nature. That's why Master of Wisdom is says, if you really wish to transform, if you really wish to transform yourself, make an attempt. The fundamental step is to speak truth, not to speak lies. We all want to speak truth, but we speak lies. Isn't it? Just one man who experimented with the truth and tended to speak only truth has become a Mahatma. Just last century. Just by speaking to truth, Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi has become a Mahatma, isn't it? By speaking to truth, the relational transformations keep happening because truth is eternal. Truth is eternal. When you link to the truth, which is eternal, you tend to be eternal. If you link to changing things, you tend to change. Therefore, it is important that we have to change our nature. But nature, we are enslaved by nature, we cannot change. <coughs> by habit, we have, we have our own habits of eating, habits of seeing, habits of listening, habits of touch, habits of taste. All five senses give us habits. They settle with us. And we have certain inevitable nature of thinking. Inevitable nature of thinking. We can predict how every person behaves in a given situation. We can predict. Mahabharata, how Duryodhana behaves is predictable. How Dushasana behaves is predictable. How Shakani behaves is predictable. How Bhishma behaves is predictable. How Dhritarashtra behaves is predictable. How Pandavas behave is predictable. How Draupadi can be behaves is predictable. Everyone has a predictable nature because they are bound by their nature. They are bound by their nature. Drona is predictable. Karna is predictable. All are predictable. There is only one who is unpredictable. That is Krishna. 
That is Krishna. He is unpredictable by because he is the master of nature. He masters the nature. When your when your nature doesn't bind you, then you are considered to be a master. As long as you are bound by your nature, you cannot say you are a master. A seer, a, a rishi, is not bound by nature. A seer is not bound by nature. A guru is not bound by nature. That's why what a guru can give you, a deva cannot give you. Because devas are all bound. They don't have independent attitudes. If it is Indra, his pattern is decided. He will have to function. If it is Agni, it has to be like this. If it is Vayu, it is like this. It is Varuna, it has to be like this. This all, there is no... It's not, it's not a freedom activity. It is by nature they are like that, that's all. Varuna, he gives us water. He cannot give us Agni. Agni cannot give you water. Isn't it? We cannot bring another thing. They, the devas, their natures are fixed. Why? Because nature fixes. So we as humans have a rap. That's why even devas would like to be born as humans to overcome the scheme of nature and stand free and cooperate with nature. Cooperating with nature is different being, it is different from being enslaved by nature. This difference is important to know. Indra cannot say, I cannot give rain. Cannot say that. When certain, certain conditions prevail, the rain has to happen. That's all. That's why Krishna says, during Govardhana teaching, he tells his father Nanda, if you take care of your cows and calves and oxes, if you take care of the fellow beings, so take care of the the fields and do it with love, the rain has to come. He is not the one. Indra is cannot grant. He is not the one who grants rain. It is his job to do it. It is his job to do it. Everyone has a job to do and they are bound by their job. The humans have the possibility of gaining, growing into Brahman. Growing into Brahman, who is called the master of the universe. And then, knowing how it is and what it is, he can choose to participate or he can choose to be Brahman. That's how Brahmarshis are. There are priests who participate in creation or do not participate in creation by volition. By volition. It's not that they are bound. Devas are bound, diabolics are bound, humans are bound, all others are bound. A mango tree cannot give a coconut fruit. It cannot happen. It only can give a mango fruit, isn't it? But a human has many possibilities. A human can be very, can gain to that state where it transcends and all, transcends all, and yet can cooperate in any direction he would like to. That's how the seven seers keep cooperating with the universe. That's how masters of wisdom, those standing beyond nature, continue to cooperate to fulfill the plan 
and help the humans to transcend this scheme of nature. Transcending means don't think nature is inimical to us. Don't think nature enslaves us, but our wrong understanding makes us slaves of nature. So therefore a teacher comes into our minds and gives us the technique by which we can slowly regather ourselves as units of consciousness and grow and grow and grow and grow from being a slave to be a free person. That's how it is. That is the story of Garuda that we have in Mahabharata. Garuda was born slave, isn't it? His mother was enslaving her sister. Dhanata was enslaved by Kadruva. Isn't it? The story may be known. I do not wish to get into this story. I want to inform you the principle. And Garuda was born to Vinata and he saw that his mother is enslaved and he is enslaved. Do we realize that we are enslaved? Do we realize that we are enslaved? We don't think so. We are so accustomed to our slavery that we do not know that we are enslaved. We are enslaved. And then for generations together when we are in slavery, we, do, we forget that we, that we are in slavery. If we always live amidst mosquitoes, we don't know that there is a place without mosquitoes. If we are always surrounded by pools of dirty water, we get accustomed to it and we adjust to it, but we don't think of Living by pure lake, isn't it? Do we think of them? If you go to Switzerland and come back to Barampuram, then you will think of it. <laughs> the Switzerland is known to be the, the, the country, the cleanest country on the planet, with the cleanest lake where you can see the water is crystal clear water. You can see the surface down under the lake. When you see such a lake, that's why most of our people, when you go to when they go to west, they come back and praise their roads, isn't it? Because we don't have clean roads. But when we live in places where we never find a clean road, we are used to them, so it's okay for us, isn't it? Everything is okay. Then we do not know that we are living in that, isn't it? That we are living in that is not known to us. Though Swachh Bharat has come, we do not implement it. So like that, there is enslavery embedded in us by virtue of our habit and we do not know that we are slaves. We think of liberating ourselves from the English, isn't it? We fought. We fought for a hundred years, almost. 1857 was Sipai Mutiny. 1947, we got freedom. How many years? 90 years we fought. We lost so many lives. But what happened to us? We continue to be the same. Isn't it? That's why during the time of British rule, there was Ramakrishna Paramahansa, there was Ramana Maharshi, there was Narabindra Maharshi, there was Sri Sai. There were so many seers. They did not fight for Political freedom. Did they fight for it? The, the men of knowledge should not Ramakrishna Maharaja think of national freedom. 
Seeing India from the middle, should he not think of it? He is such a knowledgeable person. Should not Ravana Mahasri think of it? Should not Sridhi Sai Baba think of it? Should not Master Srivivi think of it? Then he just think of it. One, one person by name, Aravind Aravind Ghosh, he thought of political freedom, but then he is so involved in his consciousness. He was directed by an invisible guru. Don't bother about this political freedom. You continue to be slave, even if you get political freedom, unless you overcome your own nature, unless you overcome your own nature, unless you get into supramental, meaning superseding your thought plane, superseding your thought patterns. Until you gain that, what is it you are calling as freedom? What is that you are calling as freedom? We are slaved by our nature, by our nature. We can face cold, we want heat. When heat comes, we want cold. When it is rain, we want dry times. When dry time comes, we want rain. What is not there, we always want. What is there, we don't experience. This is our strength. <coughs> this is how always we are in want by our own nature. So this kind of mundane nature can have to be transcended into divine nature, where you have the freedom. So that's why the slavery continues with us as long as we are bound by the individual nature that we carry. This is what a teacher intends to liberate you from, which you should know. It is for this reason we gather around the feet of a master of wisdom. But having gathered around the feet of the master of wisdom, we forget this purpose and continue to promote our own programs of developing our families, developing our properties, developing our health, and developing our own schemes. And in the meanwhile, one day we die. Is it? That's why though among so many masters, so many disciples, only one or two really get the get the real fire to take to what the master gives and then transcend. Punarapi Jananam, Punarapi Maranam, Punarapi Janani, Jatane Sayanam, Yasam Sare, Bahuduktare, Krupayapare, Pahi Muharare. Okay, I want to save you. Kupaya Bhare Pahi Murare. Then we keep on saying this, you know what the Lord does? He sends a teacher to you. Mm-hmm. He sends a teacher. Who has transcended? He comes. Why he came? Because you made your prayer. You have been praying. Kupaya Bhare Pahi Murare. Okay, someone is asking for coming out of this wheel of birth and death. Let him, let, let me help him. That's how there is the, the hierarchy of teachers. There is a guru system, a, a system of teachers <coughs> in the whole creation. The whole creation, one day, now there are so many days they are fixing on a global level, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Lover's Day, Yoga Day, this day, that day. We have, even before that, a day for guru, isn't it? Guru Purnima. What is Guru Purnima? 
she won't say it because he only says this is my disciple only to that who follows the path of transcendence. The one who is sincerely following the path of transcendence, it is him whom he considers as his follower. Others are his, not his followers. <laughs> When Master gave us question, how many disciples we have? He said, I have no disciples, I have only patience. I have only patience, I don't have any disciples, he said. My regard, the one who sincerely follows the path is not there. There are people who do many things relating to him, but they are not following the path. The path is very clear. The, the Guru comes to show the path. So you can't check with the signpost which shows the direction to Bharampur. You have to travel to Bharampur. Isn't it? We keep on coming from Vishayapatnam in a northeasterly direction to come to Bharampur, Bharampur. We keep on seeing like this an arrow showing the way. Somewhere it shows like this. Isn't it? Then you have to turn like this. We can set it the course where it shows. A guru is also an indicator of the path. He shows the path, meaning goes this way. If you sit at the signpost, if you decorate the signpost, would he be happy? What he would like you to do? He would like you to do what he instructed you and his, the instruction that he gives comes to him from his teacher. And he gets it from his teacher. That's so it comes from the Brahman. Vaya Brahman, Vaya Narada, Vaya Kumaras, Vaya Sattarshi, Vaya Parameshti Guru, Vaya Parama Guru, to your Guru and to you. This is how it comes. So it's a ladder that leads you up. That leads you up. But in so far as we keep on doing activities, 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 stereotyped activities, isn't it? <laughs> stereotyped activities. Last week I was in Sikapuna doing the same thing. The week before I was in Mysore doing the same thing. The week before I was in Rajamandri doing the same thing, isn't it? What am I doing? I am only informing. The path which the master intends has to walk. But talking about the path all the time would make me, can it be deemed as walking the path? Talking about the path is not equivalent to walking the path. While you talk about the path, you should also walk on the path, isn't it? We have to be walking talking. We cannot be just talking. There are blessed ones who walk, don't talk. That's the best one. Isn't it? There are persons who talk, but they don't walk. So there are three categories. Those who talk, they don't walk. There are others who talk and walk. There are others who walk, don't talk. The third one has less luggage, more comfort. Isn't it? He's following the path. Following the path is most important. So to follow this path is important and once again it is the same Brahman through Master CDV, Master MN and Master EK gave the same path. It's not a new path, it's the same path. 
gave a part, they gave a part. The promise of Master Siddhi is, I promise you immortality, I promise you to be Brahman. <coughs> Brahman, immortality to all, Brahman to all. What he said is, Andariki Amaratu, meaning immortality to all. Andariki Brahmatu. Brahman, everyone can have the experience, will experience Brahman if you follow this path. If you follow this, this if you follow the path is always there. If you sit at the path, it doesn't work. This road, National Highway number 16, it will lead us from Vishayapatnam to Barampur. But if I sit on the path, it doesn't work. I have to walk the path and travel the path. So, Master CVV, he said to immortality to all. Immortality means Amaratva and Brahmatva. Amaratva and Brahmatva, this is what I promise to those who follow the path that I give you in a very most simplified manner. That's why we gather here, only to know the path. And to know the path, the fundamental step is first, tomorrow morning when you come back, remember that we have come back here as pulsating units of consciousness. That is important. Know the name. Who are you? I am a pulsating unit of consciousness. Who, who am I? I am a pulsating unit of consciousness. Spandanatmaka Chaitanyamu. That's how it is said. Spandanatmaka Chaitanya. Jiva is defined as Spandanatmaka Chaitanya Rupa. Chaitanya Rupa. Meaning, you say, form of consciousness. Not form of flesh and blood. Only when you carry this distinction, you would immediately also recognize that one day you leave it. One day you leave it. When you are not this. We all know who have come from Vishayapatnam. That one day we leave Baramparam. Isn't it? Why one day tomorrow itself? <laughs> I want to stay a day more, my team will not accept their program. Because I also have program. So we know that we have come here and we know that we have to get away from here. Likewise, we have come into this body and we have to get away from this body. So by getting away from this, from Barayampur, it does not mean that I don't have to come back to Barayampur. I have come many times, isn't it? In all these years, at least seven, eight times, I have come. I can go, I can come, I can go, I can come, I need not be stuck in Barampur. Like that I can stay in the body, I can get out, I can stay in the body, I can get out, I can get into body, I can get out, I can get into body, I can get out. This getting in and get out is a facility, getting in and stuck is imprisonment. So do not get stuck in this. Not to get stuck in the body, what is most important is, to shift our identity from being your name, your form, your caste, your state, your nationality, etc. These are all unimportant compared to what you are essentially. He may be from Uttar, I may be from Andhra, he may be from Telangana, but we are all pulsating consciousness. Isn't it? There may be someone from Europe, someone from America, someone from Australia, someone from Africa, but still we are all pulsating in the Shabdha. 
As pulsating units of consciousness, we are all common. We are brothers. Anything other than that, there is no brotherhood. So we say, oh, I am Indian. We take pride in it. What is Indian? Why should you be, be proud that you are a unit of consciousness? Because there is also an American who is a unit of consciousness. As unit of consciousness, we are all one. That's why the, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of humans. That's why human brotherhood. Fatherhood of God and brotherhood of humans. Why? Right? Because that's what we are, pulsating consciousness. Unless this is deeply embedded in you, don't think of this stuff. It's all just rest of time. <coughs> rest of time. The very second chapter of Bhagavad Gita tells us, it says this, you are not your body. This is the second chapter. Today, I should have talked about it, something else has come actually. <coughs> Traditionally, we celebrate today as the birthday of Bhagavad Gita, isn't it? Gita Jayanti. Gita Jayanti. It has every key. It has every key. Bhagavad Gita Gita Jayanti. It is also called the day of Narayana. It leads you to Narayana. This day. Leads you to Narayana. Narayana is the one who presides over the involution of creation and evolution of creation. He presides over formation of the universe, developing the universe and return of the universe. The one who, that energy which presides over Sushi Sijilaya is called Narayana. Narayana, I conclude it, I study, don't worry. <coughs> Because today being a Madhya Sheikha, they say I have to say this, otherwise I am not paying my respects to this TV and this, ma- this Master. Narayana, this is called the day of Narayana. The most like Rekadasi among all the 24 Rekadasis of the year. It so happened that I, I am destined to be in Bhanampur because this is considered to be Brahmapura, isn't it? Brahmapura means Brahman was very much present here and everyone was as much knowledgeable of Brahman as every other in this part, in this town at one time. That's why it is called Brahmapura. Twenty miles from here there is Kshatrapura, where you have Kshatriya, isn't it? That's how it was prepared. So Brahmapura means you are supposed to be knowing Brahman. So no one needs to come from Vishayamadnam to tell us how to be, how to Realize yourself as Brahman, truly speaking. But the situation has come because we are what we are. So therefore, this Narayana is the other name from Brahman. It is from him everything emerges and his regular steps in manifest as seven planes. And his regular steps it receives and then joins. So there is an ayana, meaning a cyclical path, Uttara ayana, Dakshana ayana. So like that there is a circular path of ayana which is preceded by nara, meaning the eternal one. Ram is the destroyable one. That is that which is destroyable. Nara means that which cannot be destroyed. Nara. 
That which is eternal, that is called Nara. We are Nara. Isn't it? Humans are also called Nara. Nara means not destroyable. We belong to Him. We have formed so many things and we even we can release ourselves from all these things and be one with the Narayana. That's how it is. So another opposite dimension which, which again requires a lot of time to explain. What I wish to tell you as pulsating units of consciousness, you are proximate to Narayana. Proximate to Narayana. As units of mundane nature, we are very far from Narayana. Mundane. So from mundanity, we move, we move from being just matter. We move into that realm which we call consciousness. In between there is the force. So to relate to this pulsating consciousness is most important step for us. To move into the field of consciousness, that I will explain to you tomorrow morning. We plan about three teachings. So tomorrow morning there will be one teaching and there will be another teaching in the before noon and thereafter we proceed back. And tomorrow we do this spiritual where I would all like you to put one stick of fuel in the havan in the name of Narayana, because the concept of Narayana has emerged. We will do the fire ritual with Vishnu Sahasrama, where each one of you, ladies and males, will put one stick of fuel in the fire, saying, Purushaya Narayana Swaha. Like so we do that tomorrow, and we have two more sessions, one more session of prayer in the morning, and then a, a pravachan followed by Havan, followed by another provision, then for this time again, there will be the exit from Varampur. Thank you one and all for your very keen listening. Unless you listen well, I cannot speak. This you should know. Unless there is a cow, the cow cannot give milk. Unless there is a listener, there cannot be no teaching. There cannot be any teaching. If you don't listen, no teaching comes. If teaching has come, I was thinking that I commenced the talk, how could I cover? Because it's about uh, one hour I have to cover up to eight. What is it that can happen? I don't know, because it depends on you, not me. <coughs> depends on you. As much the calm demands me, the calm gives me. As much as the listeners look for the teaching, the teaching comes. So therefore, I thank you all for your very patient, keen listening and continue to do so tomorrow also. But don't just listen and get away. Kindly take to the practices which are needed. At the moment the practice is you are leaving this hall with a very definitive idea that I am a pulsating unit of consciousness. That's it. Thank you.